Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Escalator to Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I'm a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I am learning. And we are continuing our path through the entirety of the series. This week, we have landed on Season 2, Episode 20, The War of the Simpsons. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, and among yay. and among the viewers, there was much rejoicing. Yay! Yep. We were uh, talking about that earlier today. Yes, we were. Um, A moose once bit my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I did not get that reference. Oh. Uh, but uh, at any rate, um, so we uh, are going to begin in our usual fashion. Caitlin is going. We don't have any shoutouts, I don't think, this week. Mm, uh, no, I don't think so. Should we check in on Sean? Doing okay, Sean? Sean, you all right? <laughs> you okay? It's all right. All right. So um, we're going to uh, continue on with the specs from Caitlin. Uh, yes. This episode is season two, episode 20. As Robert said, the production code was 7F20. Uh, written by John Schwartzwelder, our OG man. Um, directed by Mark Kirkland, and uh, supervising director is David Silverman. The original air date is May 2nd, 1991. All right. I'm going to begin by reading a synopsis here. This is from the Simpsons Wiki. You can find it at simpsons.fandom.com, or you can just check out the description. I will have a link in there. The synopsis is, Marge and Homer host a dinner party, and Homer gets drunk and makes a fool of himself. Outraged and humiliated, Marge signs up up for a marriage retreat. When Homer learns that the retreat is being held at a popular fishing spot, he tries to bail out of the retreat to go fishing. Meanwhile, Grandpa babysits Bart, Lisa, and Maggie, who take advantage of him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's, uh, that's pretty good. There it is. Too. I'm kind of starting to get a feeling that these last several episodes have had the same person author the oh, synopsis. <laughs> because they all, like... Uh, they all do a pretty okay job of, or a pretty good job, I'll say, mm-hmm. of describing the A plot, and then the B plot is the last sentence. Yeah. It's always like a side, you know, meanwhile, it's the B plot. I understand it's that. It's the B I'm just mean like the structure, the way that they are constructed is very similar over okay. the past several episodes. Good. Great. But either way, that's good. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, did, did, did your parents ever go like on marriage retreats or anything? Nah. No? No. Yeah, mine neither. I don't think they did. I mean, they would go like out of town on trips, but uh-huh. I don't think it was ever to like a retreat. Uh huh. Like they just went. Out. Right. So like they never went like to a camp or something no. and like no. hung out with other like couples mm-hmm. who were there to improve the marriage or to like no like study you know the book of acts or whatever <laughs> no that was something i mean my my parents never did that but that was something that people would do like oh, really? in the circles that i that i ran in but uh, it's important to remember of course that uh from 6th through 12th grade i was at a private christian school and even though we were not particularly wealthy i went to school with a lot of mm, people who definitely were like one of the kids i went to school with his father ran for governor of georgia at one time uh, you, like espn commentators and yes uh I, entrepreneurs I was, and stuff yeah one yeah. one person i went to school with his uh, his father was an uh, is an espn commentator still <laughs> and you know pe- people who have money yeah <laughs> uh much more than we yeah, low museum and, workers well yeah <laughs> And well, I'm thinking too, like, just judging from the 
the the atmosphere in which you grew up that might have been something that was offered more just from from like a religious standpoint yeah but that was not something that i ever remember being offered like through our church or anything yeah well you know what's really what's funny about that is like my church growing up was a member of the southern baptist convention and it's it's what i think a lot of people would call a hard shell baptist church uh-huh. Uh, in short, they did not do community outreach. I think we may have right. said on the podcast here before that there was one, as I recall, uh, look, I remember looking through the the church directory, I guess, mm-hmm. what would equate to a yearbook. Yeah, um, and we, had we had those too. Yeah, had everybody's picture in there, right, yep. the families and stuff. And there was one black face in, I mean, black person, I mm-hmm. mean, in that whole book. Mm-hmm. And it was the janitor. Of course, yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, so like, but I grew up, in South Atlanta, right? right? So, like, it's not like there weren't black people around. Right. It's just that the church That's just how did it not was. reach into that community. Yeah. Um, and so, that being said, uh, the church now has dwindled significantly. And the reason I'm saying that is because it, when I was at uh, in middle and high school, the school that I was at, there were a lot of people that were from varying sorts, uh, sex and Christianity, mm-hmm. right? And so some of them much more, uh, much more missionary focused right. uh, uh, than, than the church I grew sure. up in was. Right. And so by that, they would do things like travel to wherever, like, right. this, like every year. And I, I don't put a lot of I don't put a lot into this nowadays, but every year or every two years or however often it was, the school would like organize a mission trip to Belize. Mm. Uh, and actually, uh, actually somebody that I dated, their parents were heavily involved in that. Oh, I know. Yes. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think all that to say is that turns out if you use religion to do nothing but preach hate towards other people that are not like you, then maybe um, that's not the way to go. Well, it certainly doesn't, it certainly doesn't uh, do much to grow the church exactly. inside of the community. Right. Uh, and so by that, um, anyways, all that is just to say that in my church, there was not a lot of people going out, you know, and right. uh, doing retreats and this sort of thing. But through the school that I went yeah, to, they, there, was there was opportunity, opportunity. to do but that. But they, they, the school isn't offering marriage retreats for the students, hopefully. No, but they, Or the they, parents? They uh, did? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm t- what I'm talking about is like, I went on a retreat with my senior class to okay. a camp. Uh, and we did things like ropes courses and I'm sure we sat around the fire and had someone preach to us. I went to church camp one summer. Oh yeah? Yeah. We did, we did do It was like a week. It wasn't a whole summer. Yeah. So yeah. So you did like a vacation Bible school sort of situation. No. Vacation Bible school for us was at the, at our church. Oh, I see. The camp camp was was not held at the church. It was like an actual camp. Situation. It was in okay, um. Gotcha. It was in Western North Carolina. Gotcha. We've talked about this before. Did not we? on. Not on air. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So we went down there for a week, and I only went one time. <laughs> <laughs> well. We, anyway. Yeah. We. <laughs> I, we would. We would do vacation Bible school every year. I did yeah. that every year. I remember one year when I was in. When I was early in college, they wanted me to direct the play that they were doing for oh, the week, boy. and I did. And this one kid, <laughs> this poor kid. He would. He was dissatisfied with the role that I gave him, and uh-huh. he said he would rather do something, do something else. And I said, I said, all right, well, you're cut. 
Life's hard, kid. I, I got him from the show. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, vacation, <laughs> vacation Bible school is very much that in that like you went for the week, and you like hung out and you did crafts and yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah, and it exactly. always had a theme. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the week, you put on a show and you'd sing all the little songs that you had learned. Uh-huh. And, uh, I still remember. God oh. said to no one, gonna be a bloody, bloody. Uh, well, that was that was what we sang during Sunday school when oh, we had okay. singing time. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I still remember a lot of those songs. Oh yeah, they're in there. They're like ingrained in that brain. Don't let Satan it out. Oh, I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Uh, we should also mention that it is Sunday morning here, so we're just getting all this church talk out of the way. Welcome uh, back to Robert and Caitlin's Religion Podcast. <laughs> what would you like to hear us say? Would you like to hear Robert quote multiple Bible verses? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, guys. I asked him. He Robert got a new Kindle, and he was reading the other day, and I said, "Oh, hey, what you reading?" He goes, "Genesis." <laughs> I was like, "All right, <laughs> carry on." <laughs> So part of the reason for that, just uh, just to say, is because I I portray someone from the 18th century who knows the Bible yeah, very well. Yeah, he was studying and, up for work. And I, but do, I do know the Bible very well, but does, it is useful true. to be able to go back and read through it. I'm also going to read, which I have not done before, the Apocrypha and the Quran, because the person that I the person that I portray had all of those and oh, read good. all of those. Okay. So uh, my my purpose in that is to better understand them uh, in the way that that person understood them. Right. And so, Real quick, 18th century folks, not xenophobes. Okay, carrying on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I mean, the, in, in the way that we are. <laughs> they, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah like no, no. the they they did not immediately write off Muslim uh, Islam. No, they did or not. As a matter of fact, other faiths. Um, be- you further their own. I, I was reading about a man, a Baptist, in, <laughs> in the grand irony of things, it's really wonderful to talk to people about how Baptists are radical leftists, um, and they are in the 18th century. They, mm-hmm. are, they are leftists. Um, and um, as a matter of fact, it's the Baptist movement that really in Virginia is what take, takes root as far as what we would call the anti-slavery or abolition movement is from the Baptist church. And there's a Baptist preacher in the 1780s and 90s by the name of John Leland, uh, who Caitlin and I have talked about uh, in our personal lives recently just because of something that happened at work. And anyway, uh, I uh, was reading about this person, and this person said, he went on the record as saying, in the 1780s, y'all, he said that religious freedom must be guaranteed for the the Jew, for the Turk, meaning Muslim, Mm -hmm. for the pagan, as well as for the Christian. Oh, imagine that. It's, I mean, it's, it's wild. Like, I mean, people, I mean, I've, I've been basically living in the 18th century for 15 years or so now, and I was surprised to see Yeah, that. that's very cool. But uh, that's, the, that's the Baptist of the 18th century for you. Like, I think that they would be very, I think, in general, Baptist. Well, the 18th and if you think be, about the context of the 18th century, the Baptists are kind of considered those outside sects. So yeah. they're fighting for their religious freedom just as much as like anybody is today. This is true. Yeah, they definitely are because I mean, because they're not a part of the Church of England. Yeah, and the Baptists, you know, as part of their, uh, as far as as part of their doctrine uh, in the 18th century, do not believe in ordination. 
meaning they don't believe that you should have to be ordained to be a preacher. Right. Uh, and therefore, they are not ordained. That's and by why they're that, itinerant. Yeah, and they yeah. don't have a license. And under the state church system of Virginia, which, of course, was through the Church of England... Was it Jefferson that... Jefferson, Statutes of Religious yes, Freedom. Jefferson okay. offered, that's bill number 82, okay. the Statute for Religious Freedom out of the Committee for the Reformation of the Laws. No established church. Who would like to talk to Robert Longtime about this kind of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you still See, with us, Sean? I How's know, it going? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know just enough to ask you enough questions that we can make our, ho- our whole podcast about this. Uh, but let's got, not do that. I got to tell you, I'd be, I'm, I'm really more for, looking forward to talking about this than I am about this episode. Oh, really? <laughs> Okay, well let's uh, let's crank on through this episode and see what happens. Let's see what let's see what we find. Hey, yeah, we'll say this: there's a couple of uh, there are a couple of good memes that come out of this episode. Um, a couple, there, there are a couple of good party food idea. Good party food idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, let's 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 set aside the uh, religion <laughs> okay. of the 18th century. We'll come back to that in a later time. You got your questions? Drop them in down in the comments. I'll be happy to answer them for you. Sean, looking forward to hearing from you. Okay. All right. We open. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me pull out the Frank here. All right. We are we're opening up. We get the long credits. Yeah. This episode. Is such an antithesis of last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, there's so much in this episode that just does not ring true to last week. Uh, right. I like, and it starts off, and in, in, in not intentionally so, with the credits. Last week we got our first super short credits yeah. of fading out from the. Cr- the clouds uh, mm-hmm. to the kids jumping on the car and Homer pulling into the mm-hmm. driveway right there. Now we right. get the whole thing. We get a chalkboard gag. We get a couch gag. We get yeah. Maggie beeping the horn. We get Maggie going over the thing. And we, even... <laughs> even the, we get band practice. Even the chalkboard gag is... Uh, is is really not it's very, like it's, it's like phoning it in isn't low, it l- low effort i will not do anything bad ever again okay <laughs> i thought originally when i read it i thought it was like trying to do double negatives so it meant that he was going to do oh, bad I things will again not, not do anything exactly. bad gotcha yeah uh but yeah oh well okay Tur- turns out that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was not the actually case. the low effort. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, um, we open up to the interior of the Simpsons household, and the first thing that we see is a tray of little finger sandwiches. Mm-hmm. What kind of sandwiches do you think those are? Uh, let me look at them. Hold on. Ooh, I don't ham salad. Ham salad? Yeah. I'm the color is not right, but they are cut like cucumber sandwiches, aren't they? Yeah. With the little the little rectangular shapes. Yeah, they're cut like little finger sandwiches. Anyways, um, they, we open up to a tray that is the sandwich arranged in a way that say, enjoy our party snacks. And we yeah. see Homer's hand, and, and you can tell right away it's his hand because it's his blue suit, his one suit. Yep. Uh, and uh, he's reaching onto the tray, to, of course, to grab some. And he, he says the old uh, Swedish chef line here. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the Swedish chef says, hoardy oars. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, uh, Marge smacks his hand and says, you promised, you, uh, I promised I wouldn't eat? Uh, never, you lie. And then she says, Homer, please, we've never thrown a party. Do we know how long they've been married? I guess it's about 10 years because Bart is, te- he, Bart yeah. says in this episode, he's 10 and a half. Yeah. So. It's, it's somewhere around 10 years okay. because uh, maybe approaching 11. And the reason is because. 
Whatever the scenario is, whenever we see Marge and Homer's wedding, and I actually wrote a note about the wedding because they mention it later Mm -hmm. on. Uh, Whenever we see them, the the one thing about the scenario is always the same, and it's that Marge is pregnant. Right. And, you know, what the wedding looks like and how they remember it changes throughout the series, but... One thing is always she's consistent. pregnant when they get married. Yeah. So, but the reason I bring that up is because they've never thrown a party. That's a long time not to throw a party. It is. We throw parties like several times a year. Yeah. If not, I mean, we're not like monthly partiers, but we get to have get-togethers a lot. Yeah. We so we uh, our in our friend circle, we more or less have cornered like our various holidays. Right. And so, like our holidays are New Year's dinner. And Halloween. Those are the ones. Those that, are the ones we do. Yeah. This year we're doing Fourth of July. Uh, we should note that today is July third when yes, we're recording this, is, this. So this is not going to drop for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but, but uh, you just suffice to say, and you'll be pleased to know that we sent out an invitation inviting them to Robert and Caitlin's yeah, BBBQ. BBBQ. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so at any rate, um, yeah, Homer and Marge have not thrown a party, I guess, in ten years, yeah. or at least, or at least. Maybe they've never thrown one that's just a general invitational party. Oh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. You know, come on over. We're we're hanging out. Yeah. And anyway, so although it's not really that because Homer's wearing a tie and she's wearing a nice dress with her poofy sleeves and yeah, her they long look, gloves. Yeah, they look fancy. It looks like the dress she's she wore in like some season one episodes. Maybe, um, oh, Some Enchanted Evening uh-huh. when they go out dancing. Yeah, that's it. You're right. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's it. It looks like the same dress. Yeah. Good, good eye. Wow. I, I would not have put that together. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Homer immediately comes back and says, never throw out a party. What about that big bash we had with all the champagnes, musician and, uh, musicians and... Ho- that's, that's a hard word for me to say. Musicians, musicians. and holy men and everything. And, and then, that's when Marge yeah, responds. That was our wedding. Yeah. So uh, this will... Uh, this uh, contradicts at least one flashback to the wedding, which is Marge and Homer standing in front of a justice of the peace. And Marge says to Homer, it's becoming less and less likely that all my friends are going to jump out <laughs> oh. uh, at any moment. But eh. either way, that's neither hither nor thither, is no, it? No, it's not. So, so off we go. So they're getting ready for this party. And yep. um, Bart and Lisa are there. Oh, and Maggie's there too. Sorry, I didn't see her. And they, Marge tells them it's time for them to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then Bart... Bart's like, no, I want to hear the witty banner of sophisticated... That's, oh, that's, that's Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Sorry. Lisa wants to hear the witty banter. Of course, it's Lisa. She Bart would never want to say this. M- Mom, I want to hear the witty banter of sophisticated adults. And then Bart agrees with her. He says, yeah, you can't have any fun in bed. Uh-huh. And to which, of course, Homer is like, mm, when, you're, when you're older, you'll know better. Yes, and he has a little daydream of him laying in bed holding a sub sandwich. Yes. Um, <laughs> Homer, I'll tell you what, you turn on that uh, vibration. And yeah. You know, <laughs> it'll aid. It will help digestion. That, I was going to say the same thing. Yep. Yes. <laughs> aid that digestion. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the doorbell, do- the kids are going off to bed. The doorbell rings, ding dong, and uh, here come their friends. So. Yep. First coming in, we, uh, oh, I'm sorry, there's a little bit of a panic here. You know, Marge says, do we have enough glasses? Do we have enough gag? Oh, that's Homer. Do we have enough gag ice cubes? Marge says, put the record on. Uh Uh-huh. Homer says, what are our friends' names again? (laughs) (laughs) And they kick the kids out, and uh, it's not unusual starts playing. Yeah, this... 
Yeah. This this is a, this is a common song. We in, got we got in some Simpsons world. We well they got the license once, so might as well use it. You know what? I would not have thought that either. Good good call. Hey. <laughs> Logistics. There, there you go. Uh, so just like when you get Ringo's voice on, right? You, well, I was gonna do one line. Yeah, might as well do a couple. <laughs> uh, so at the door are Maud and Ned. Uh huh. And Maud coming in, looking how hot. Maud is. The girls have come to party, which is surprising given that Ned is wearing the exact same outfit that he wears, I think, every time we have seen him thus far. Uh-huh. Maude is wearing a red, very low-cut dress. Yes. You don't really see it uh, when they're at the door, but later on, yeah. it becomes a huge deal. Yes. I, uh... and speaking of, like, Marge is practically wearing a turtleneck. Yes, she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I see that Maude has brought her tits with her this evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, they're complimenting, <laughs> a, they're complimenting each other. They, you know, they're like, oh, you look great. You look great in the house. And um, Ned comes in and he goes, the house you've done whatever. And it looks fine. Like, yeah, it looks normal. It's not yet. But I mean, given that we've seen his rumpus room, which is incredible. Yes. And like Homer's always going over to their house to borrow whatever gadget or whatnot. Uh, yeah, I huh? guess to him, to Ned, this is not the best well but at the same time he's ned flanders so he's gonna compliment them no matter what yes and you know we've we've already established by way of the uh, dead putting society that ned makes more money than homer does right and has uh has nicer things than homer does. right that's and that's what i was trying to get at yeah. yeah so at any rate um ned comes in and uh as he's coming in we see mo as well, and Ned asks if he anybody minds if he serves as bartender. He's got a PhD in mixology, which again, like for someone who is as religious as Ned Flanders, mm-hmm. that's I don't know. I mean, he's not Baptist. <laughs> he's not a teetotaler, I guess, because he uh, yeah. does have like a full-on bar in his basement. But that, it, like, it seems a little bit out of the character that I I know uh-huh. for him to be like, yeah, I'll it be is, the bartender, even though Mo's there too. It is astounding to me how much the uh, prohibition movement has affected religion uh, in in America. Here we go I, again. Here we go again. But it's true. Like, you know, in the church I grew up in, like we drank for communion, we drank grape juice. Same. It was regular ass Welch's. I grew up and, Methodist and it was the same, but, but I know that like our church growing up in the 20s and 30s was a teetotal like they yeah. supported prohibition yeah and uh when the thing is like people who will say to you that you have to read the bible entirely literally will then say that well jesus didn't actually drink wine it was unfermented wine that's not what the scripture says <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it says at all in no language am, am i aware that you can read a translation of the scripture even in the quote-unquote original, by which I mean the closest to the extant originals that we have. Um, Even in that, there is nothing to indicate that they are not drinking just wine. It says wine. And uh, and so it just does not make sense to me. But here we see Ned does not belong to that particular sect. Um, Right. So my my guess is that uh, they probably were 
they, the, the, if there was anybody in the writer's room who was particularly religious in terms of Christianity, uh, then they probably just themselves. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's just me reading too much into this little plot point, but God, these dogs stink. I know. Nox, oh my geez, God. Louise. Oh, oh, it's very pungent in here today, everybody. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> um, so Ned says he's going to make his famous planters punch. Planters punch. Yeah. And Have you ever had a planters punch before? I've had a punch you've made before. I don't know about a planter's punch. A uh, planter's punch is an actual drink. It's a cocktail drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll make one for you sometime. I'll have to check my cards. Uh, by the way, I actually do have a bartending uh, <laughs> certificate. I think uh. that's probably more what it is. I, I took a six-week bartending course many years ago. Um, and um, because of... Or, what? Anyways, either way, all that's just to say that uh, I, Planner's Punch is an actual cocktail. And I have a card for it over there, so we oh, can look at okay. it and see if we want to make it. Okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, so um, Homer tastes it, and he goes, next time, why don't you put a little alcohol in it? Mm-hmm, but you know and what? He's got a PhD in mixology, baby. Yeah, you balance so those flavors. It's got three shots of rum, a jigger of bourbon, and a little creme de cassis. So just, just, cassis, just for cass- clip. Crim de cassis, I yeah. believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and just for clarity, that means there's like four and a half shots yeah. in this drink. Yeah. And to be and to be uh, pedantic about it, is, that, is this the right word for this? Uh, he handed Homer a tumbler glass. Oh. So that would mean there's not much room for anything else in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Homer's drinking it and then he's like oh i do have a sense of warm and well-being or warm sense of well-being mm-hmm. and then he starts slurring his speech yep. so homer, homer is uh yeah homer is getting wasted he's, he's well on the road so at this point marge approaches him and says go easy on the alcohol <laughs> <laughs> you know my father says that he, he says alcohol uh and I, 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 I understand, I acknowledge that that's just like a playful way of saying the yeah. word, but... I don't know. I, it's, I, I, should, I should point out that, um, that my father, is, speaking of teetotalers, is a teetotaler. Yeah. Uh, and um, at any rate, uh, yeah, he says alcohol. Oh, I don't I, think I, I've ever noticed. Um, at any rate, uh, Marge is, you know, making, like, consulting with Homer being yeah. like, please go easy. Mm-hmm. And then she goes last year, or remember last year at the Winfield's party when you threw up in the laundry hamper? Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. They deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Especially wrote, Mrs. Winfield. I wrote down the Winfield's party. And what I meant by that in my notes was I'm glad he threw up in their yeah, hamper. I, I hope I wrote, he ruined something. <laughs> I wrote Winfield's party too, because boy, how do you do those people suck? Yeah. So we uh, th- then kind of pan around the room to the other guests. We see Patty and Selma sitting in the window seat, kind of just sitting there doing what they do. They're smoking. Yes, smoking. <laughs> and um, Barney approaches them and uh-huh. he says, hey, I remember you. Yep. Uh, uh, you're Homer's sister's-in-law, right? Yep. And um, he's, you know, going on. Of course, he, he, on went, he went on, yeah. on a date with Patty, right? Or no, Selma. It was Principal Charming Selma. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He went out on a date with Selma, and so um, he's he's hitting on them, and then he gets maced. Yes. <laughs> by Patty. Yep. Yeah. Then um, we see the the Hibberts are there. Yes. Bernice, right? That's Bernice Hibbert. Bernice yes. And Julius and uh, Julius Hibbert. Anyway, uh, uh, Homer is kind of uh, aimlessly wandering mm-hmm. here in the 
in the household. Walk comes up to them and says, Dr. Hibbert, are you enjoying the party? He says, not really. Someone seems to have slipped one of those novelty ice cubes with a fake fly in my drink. And then, yeah, Homer laughs. He says, it was me. You fell for it. And Mm -hmm. then Dr. Hibbert's like, well, those novelty ice cubes are made with highly toxic chemicals. (laughs) Uh, And he said a real fly would have been much more sanitary. So uh, swing and a miss for Homer on Uh, (laughs) the audience of that joke. Have you ever ever played one of those jokes with the fake... Uh, the fake ice cube or no. something along those lines. No, um, I've played jokes before that, uh-huh. like you know, was like, oh, let me put this here and see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But nothing like that. I remember seeing those things in like Spencer Gifts yeah. at the mall, um, or seeing maybe not things like this, but other joke things, uh, uh, more or less harmless joke right. things in the back of like Boys Life magazine. I've- <laughs> Like I remember, there was a um, there was a gum packet that like you pull the gum out and it would yeah. like snap your finger. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was also a gum thing where you ate it and it turned your mouth blue. Like yeah, it looked yes, normal, but yes. it would turn your mouth really <laughs> yeah, blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, but nothing. I never did any. I did not have siblings growing up. So (laughs) I didn't really have, like, I guess I could have done it to my parents, but like, you don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) So I I didn't really do anything like that. (laughs) Well, I did have siblings and we just would run around and kick each other in the butt after shouting putt team. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling Caitlin yesterday about a game that we used to play and I have now fully described it to you. Uh, You could, if you, as long as you shouted punt team, uh, before you did it, you could kick someone in the butt as hard as you wanted to. So I have and, a question though. Like, uh-huh. was it relentless kicking or did it, was it, you just had one kick you, and you, that was it? You get one kick. And okay. so, and so basically I guess the game really was if someone shouted punt team, you would try and jump forward to get out of the way uh, of them kicking. While they kicked. Yeah. Okay. And then they couldn't do it again. Okay. Um, it's very, uh, I was telling Kate, it's, very, it's unlike a uh, safety doorknob or what the fuck. <laughs> Hey, let me ask you a question. If you're listening to this, did you ever play safety and doorknob? Because I know that it was I. So think about it very similar to a game that uh, that I know that many people have played called Punch Buggy, right? So if you see a a Volkswagen Beetle, and in my family we did not differentiate if it had to, it did not have to be one the of the vintage, 70s. Yeah, yeah, it could be a modern one as well. Um, if you saw a, a, a Volkswagen Beetle, you could shout Punch Buggy and then punch Pun- someone in the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whoever we play, you and I play with Astro vans. We do, yes. <laughs> Those are much more common now than than Beetles. I haven't seen a Beetle, I think, in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but yes, Caitlin and I play it with Astro vans. It's the same <laughs> game. You just we just we just punch each other. <laughs> that's right. And um, at any rate, uh, safety and doorknob operated like this: if you farted, <laughs> you had to say safety, and if you didn't say safety then someone could shout doorknob and then that person could hit you as hard as they wanted to as long as they wanted to until you touched the doorknob. This is why I asked about punt team because there was no, at, like, <laughs> yeah. there is no, like, you have to run and touch something yeah. for it to end. That's right. So yeah, that's yeah. the one and done. Yeah. Safety and doorknob is relentless until you touch a doorknob. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> There is no way that, that somebody listening to this has not also played safety doorknob. I honestly, uh, like, that is just not something that was in my, <laughs> I know it now. I've been playing it it's, for uh, the past 
day. We so in my family we really no longer play punt team, but we we do still play power plug. Yeah, which power. Is, pl- I've played power power plug with your dad. Yeah, it's very similar to punt team in that if you walk up to somebody and you stick out the knuckles on your middle fingers and you kind of jab them into the back ribs of somebody and you you have to shout power plug and then that means you got the person right mm-hmm. um if uh if you I do want, it do, i do i want people to tell us if they've ever done this because or is this just another one of the roberts family <laughs> this one is just us we made that up making stuff yeah, up no, we made yeah. that up the punt team and a power okay. plug that's all just made up um but Did you like play safety and doorknob in college? I feel like that's something you we do. We played safety and doorknob. Did, did in, I, I, so we so I did first you play pl- that with Steve Jackson? I first played that at home. I am pretty sure that Steve Jackson and I have played safety and doorknob. I did play safety and doorknob with people in college as well. Okay. But really, the place where it took off was at that very same Christian school that oh, I went to. Okay. We would play safety and doorknob. Okay, I see. <laughs> um, but. Um, at any rate, the power plug, if you, so you can do it on your own with somebody, or if you join hands, say you join your left hand to somebody else's right hand, and then you mm. use your right hand and they use their left hand, you can power plug somebody that way. In the kidneys. In, right in the kidneys, that's right. And then after you do it, the person no doubt will turn around and be like, oh, that sucks, screw you, right? And the, the, the joke is there that you can then press the two hands that you uh, use to do the power plug towards each other and you make a bzz, bzz, bzz sound to indicate that there is electricity flowing between I will them. say the one time I played it with your dad, I had no idea what was happening. He just goes, hey, power plug. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't explain it to you? No, because you were sitting right there. You were sitting between, it was at Bush Gardens. Uh-huh. And we were sitting on like a little ledge and he goes, hey. And I was like, what? And he goes, and I, I was like, I don't fucking know what he's talking about. I just kind of played along and uh-huh. I didn't really, I didn't know it was your middle finger. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way that I've always done it. I've oh, never okay. actually talked to somebody about like how they do it. I just took, I just put the spurs out so it gives them an extra yeah. jolt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to do as much damage as possible. You understand? I see. I see with your immense electricity. <laughs> <laughs> so... The party's going on. Oh, that's right. There's a party going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a party going on. I don't think we mentioned at the beginning that the, um, Marge had arranged the finger sandwiches in, it, it says, enjoy our party snacks. Uh-huh, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I said Okay, it. I'm sorry. Uh, so uh, we go back to the table and we see uh, the party, the sandwiches, and it doesn't look like anybody's taken any. Mm-hmm. And then, hold on, sorry, the Frank is... Bart is, Bart is yeah. there. and. Uh, Bart rearranges them to say something like, boy, our party sucks or something like that. Um, And then Homer. Homer is, yeah, he's just getting drunker and drunker as he's going around the party. He uh, sees Bart and asks him to do that cute thing. Bart doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. And eventually he just tells Bart to go to bed because Bart doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Then Homer literally shows up with a lampshade on his head. Yep. Falls off the back of the couch. Yeah. Uh, Um, Marge is witnessing this and is unhappy uh-huh uh homer then uh harangues an, an, an unknown individual <laughs> yeah i don't think we've well we've never seen this guy yeah. and he's not named he says uh homer approaches him and he's like i've been waiting to t- or wanting to tell you off for years but i've never had the nerve and the guy's like i don't know you my wife and your wife are friends we just met three hours ago 
That's a long party. That's a long party. And it's yeah. especially no wonder he's so shitty. If he if he took five shots at the beginning yeah, of this party and, and it's he's still, still going. going. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, uh Homer uh the the point here of course is that Homer is um Homer's being getting, aggressive. Homer's Homer's not a fun drunk in this moment. Um and then he goes over and this is where we get one of the more famous meme moments uh from this episode. And that is he approaches Maud mm-hmm. in her low-cut dress, mm-hmm. and he asks her to give him a handful of peanuts, uh, and she says, uh, okay, and he's obviously staring at her cleavage, uh-huh. and he says, not those peanuts, the ones at the bottom. Making her, I guess, lean over yeah. further so yeah. he can look down her dress, which is gross, Homer. That's not cute. Nobody wants that. Uh, and then we... S- Th- they figure out what's going on and Marge sees what's happening. Yeah. So eventually we get the part to the end of the party. The party's uh, over. <laughs> everyone's leaving and stepping over Homer who yeah. has passed out on the floor. Uh, Barney's leaving. He, his fly is down. His shirt is coming out of yeah, his he's got fly. A shirt, he's got a shirt wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So everybody, yeah, everybody's stepping over Homer. Homer's like just laying on the ground. Yep. And then Dr. Hibbert tells Marge, I suggest you roll him onto his stomach. You know, just to make sure. Well, he says, if you want him <laughs> oh, to live yeah. the night, I suggest you do that. And then he turns around as he's leaving and says, remember, I said if. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. In short, uh, the Hibberts did not have a good time as a result of Homer's antics. Right. He is. Homer's too far gone to even be yelled at by Marge. Right. Uh, she's very embarrassed. Uh-huh. She does say this to him. And he doesn't remember what he's done. Um, and then in the... Uh, some time passes in the morning and we see the vacuum cleaner. Yep. She bonks him on the head with a vacuum cleaner. A I mean, I don't really blame her because <laughs> I too would be pissed. Uh, so yeah. So she's vacuuming Homer. So, Homer sits up. Yep. Turns out he fell asleep on top of snowball too. He's left like a dirt angel in the carpet uh-huh sort of a uh, a reverse uh, a reverse dirt angel uh because it's all up under him as opposed yeah. to being cleared out by him yeah and uh, at any rate she makes him get up and says come here where are we going uh so they go out and get out in the car and she says i want to make sure the kids don't hear because when i was young i always hated not knowing my parents were fighting we cut back to Mar- uh, barton yeah they're, Maggie look- in the window. they're looking out the window and they said they're fighting in the car again yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it's very funny because she turns on the music as uh-huh. if like to drown out their yelling. Yeah. But they're not really yelling, but it's like mariachi music. Yes. Yeah. And the kids say that music always sends a chill down my spine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marge asks Homer, she says, do you remember how you acted last night? Yeah. And so then we cut to another meme, a really good uh, meme uh, format uh, of the Simpsons. And that's just Homer remembers himself uh, as being very classy and right. dropping uh, droll jokes. and Yeah, so the wiki indicates that this is meant to uh, symbolize, I guess, the Algonquin Roundtable. Do you know what that is? Oh, I don't. It's a, um, it was like a, I don't, like, not a society. The Algonquin Hotel is in New York, and it back in the day... Um, like a lot of literary figures and whatnot would hang out there uh-huh. and they became known as the Algonquin round table. Uh. Uh, so the Algonquin has, does it have, I've been there. 
the the wiki says that the the scene is drawn in a way that is supposed to mimic Al Hirschfield's caricatures, oh. which I think he did the caricatures at Sardi's. But anyway, it's supposed to look like that and kind of just be like a a reflection of that. Yeah. And the so, Algonquin Roundtable is like a bunch of smart people hanging out and talking about shit. So uh-huh. therefore, that's what Homer thinks he's doing. Their little their little society for the promotion of useful knowledge. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Homer says a line here that I've heard reverberated throughout uh, various other um, movies and TV shows. He says uh, in his one of his jokes is, I must get out of these. Uh, so I said, I must get out of these wet clothes and into a dry yeah. martini. Yeah. I've heard that on Family Guy. Of course, that is also quoted in the movie Beer Fest. Right. Um, and in um, various other places uh, that are escaping me in the moment. So right. it's a very popular, very popular I'm a little, drinking a little, joke. J- a little jokey joke to, to make everybody giggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the uh, actually in Beer Fest, it's utilized in the same way in the sense that uh, Jay Chandrasekhar is saying it when he's, after they've put, finished playing Asshole, and he's uh-huh. walking through the bar. And he's wearing uh, his he says, hat. let's get you out of the, he accidentally spills his drink on a lady and he uh-huh. goes, let's get you out of these clothes and into a dry martini. And, and she goes, what? And then it cuts to him and what he's actually doing is. <laughs> <laughs> Who's very vaginath? Who's very vaginath? Who's very vaginath? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yes. would be a fun podcast to, that would be a fun uh, uh, like bonus, bonus episode. episode is just doing that. Yeah. That like we could do movie. all the, um, what are they called? Broken lizard. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, so then after Homer makes that little ha-ha funny, one of the guys notices, he goes, good Lord, there's a fly in my drink. And then Homer admits that he put it in as a gag and everybody loves that. Yeah, huh? So that joke lands well at the Algonquin round table, but not with Dr. Hibbert. That's right. So in short, Homer seems to remember himself having a really good night uh, of the height of sophistication in what Lisa would have hoped to have seen. Uh, right. But of course, it's not how he actually behaved. Right. And we also get a uh, an image of him in reality of gawking at uh, Maud's mm-hmm. boobs. Uh, in short, uh, the way that Homer seemed to think he was behaving is not the way that it was. Exactly. And so then we cut back to the interior of the car. Marge says, I'm a patient, tolerant woman. And uh, that there was, uh, excuse me, I'd like to think I'm a patient, tolerant woman. There's no line that you could cross that could make me stop loving you. But last night, you didn't just cross that line. You threw up on it like mm-hmm. it was the Winfield's hamper. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't say that, but she just said, you know, you threw up on the line. Um and then he apo- he apologizes. He's like, can we just forget it and go to church? And March says, no, I'm the only one going to church today. Yep. You're going to stay here and explain to Bart why you scarred him for life. Uh-huh. That this is kind of a funny joke. He goes, no, I didn't. And then he goes, oh, you mean on the inside? Yeah. <laughs> you did not gravely injure your son, Homer. Uh-huh. You just messed him up a little bit. So we, uh, Marge has gone off to church and Homer goes up to speak with Bart. And uh, he says, you know, about last night, you may have noticed Daddy acting a little strange. You probably don't understand why. Bart (laughs) bounces right back. Yeah. (laughs) I understand why. You were wasted. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, Homer is trying to get uh, Bart to acknowledge that, you know, that everything's okay. He says, I hope you didn't lose a lot of respect for me. To which Bart, of course, replies, Dad, I respect you as much as I ever did and ever will. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so then we see the church. Marge yep, we are inside the Presbyterian Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. Mars, Mars. Marge is in the pew, and Reverend Lovejoy is making some announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that there are new pamphlets available on the church news rack, including Bible bafflers. Uh-huh. Satan's boners, uh-huh. good grief, yeah, and more Satan's boners oh, for boy. the teens. Oh, and for the teens, it's not cool to fry in hell. <laughs> so that is so like on brand <laughs> for some of those pamphlets and tracts that people would hand mm-hmm. out. Like sometimes we would go to football games, and like there would be people. Uh, you know, we were a small school, so we would play like rural schools that were also small, uh, and. Uh, so you'd go out into the boonies and people would be there like handing out these religious tracts. And like, even as a kid, I would read them and be like, who is reading this and being like, oh yeah. yeah. They used to have one, I remember, uh, and it was pretty common to see these if you were in a place where people were giving out tracts or whatever. They It was shaped to look like a folded $20 bill. Oh, tricky. Yeah, and so then you'd pick it up, of course, and, and you'd open it, yeah. and it would be... And I was like, why are you trying to make people mad that, before... <laughs> that has happened to me. Um, it hasn't happened recently, but uh-huh. it's happened to me in town. I used to, it would used to... I used to get it at... I would stop at the Wawa on my way to work, yeah. and there would be a lady in the parking lot just handing out religious literature. Yeah. I think she was Jehovah's Witness. And then um, I was at work one day... Um, in, I was hanging out in the back of our truck our like cargo truck and cause I was waiting for somebody to bring something to load uh-huh. and this little boy comes up to me and he goes, here you go. And it was like this weird, I, I, I don't think I still have it, but like it was this weird religious yeah. pamphlet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wild. Seriously. Like who is like walking through their day? And getting, I mean, who's who's going on vacation? Yeah, and packing those in their suitcase to hand you know, out to museum you, workers. You know what that is? I'll tell you what that is. That is that is lazy witnessing, right. right? If you actually read the scriptures, you are supposed to provide your witness by the way that you live your life. Yeah, that's what you're supposed Not to do. Not handing out in, re- in, like really weird. Ah, I in, wish I could remember what it said, but in reference to like the recent Supreme Court decision about the man in Tennessee who was praying on the fifty-yard line, uh, Matthew commands us that to go behind closed doors when we pray. Yeah, don't be to, performative. To close assholes. yourself off. Yeah, because obviously it's not a performance, but uh, you see that an, an awful lot. In this, I mean, this track giving out is a hundred percent. It is a hundred percent. Just look how good. I am. Look how good I am in terms of my religion. And I've you're been bad. witnessing. You're bad because you're not doing the same thing I'm doing. I am giving you this. It's 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 a lot like the school that I went to in that I've said this before on the podcast that uh, the good kids, the quote unquote good kids were the ones who sat in the front row in chapel and always put their hands in the air mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like that is the equivalent, in my opinion, of somebody standing up on Easter Sunday as the offering plate comes around and pulling out a hundred dollar bill so that everyone can see it and putting it into the plate. Like right. it's the same thing. Yeah. 
which, by the by, uh, is also discounted by the words of Christ in terms of the temple treasury, but we won't go into that. Uh, <laughs> this is a very ranty podcast today. I'm feeling it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm here for it. Anyway, uh, so Homer comes into the church at this point and starts walking down the aisle, and he's looking for Marge. Before we go any farther, I just want to say that I, I would not mind reading Satan's boners. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Homer's coming in, and uh, he's walking on the creaky floorboards of the church trying to find Marge and it's irritating Reverend Lovejoy mm-hmm. who eventually says I'm and by the way everybody of course is noticing Homer uh, right. and everybody by this point presumably knows what happened right and uh, Reverend Lovejoy says I'm sorry the Lord and I can't compete with the squeaking of Homer Simpson's shoes oh it's his shoes it's not the floorboards yeah. Uh, he and then he stops everything until Homer sits down, and Homer does. Mm-hmm. He finally sees Marge. He sees her hair above the crowd, and um, sits down. There's a, like a family between yeah. him and Marge, and uh, it is announced then by Reverend Lovejoy that he and Mrs. Lovejoy will be holding the third annual marriage retreat next weekend at Catfish Lake. Mm-hmm. A psychological counseling counseling for couples whose marriages are hanging by a thread. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> or or those that just need a tune-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he carries on, and then uh, he tells everybody that they can sign up in the lobby after the service is over. Yep. So then we cut to the end of the service. Mm-hmm. Classic preacher standing at the doorway yep. at the end, you know, shaking mm-hmm. hands. Gotta greet the preacher. Yep. And then... Um, I always uh, felt so adult doing that when really? we would leave the church. Yeah. Oh. I shouldn't talk too much crap about the church. There were lots of good people in the church and we had some very good ministers that are at the church I grew up in. Good people. Um, but uh, I, I always felt very, very adult walking out of the church. Being like, good sermon today, Reverend. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, or uh, there was a... Uh, my father was a deacon at the church and there was a man there by the name of Frank, and Frank was a huge man. Like, he was just a gigantic, stocky man. Uh, back in the day, he would have he would have been an intimidating force. He was, he was even at, at his old age, he was uh-huh. an intimidating force. And I remember, like, reaching out and, like, shaking his hand was like shaking Andre the Giant's hand. Wow. I was, you know... A, 12 year old kid uh-huh. and so my hand was no doubt smaller than it is even just now but I think I, I would say even now his hand would just dwarf mm-hmm. my my hand uh, and so anyways this made me think about that as uh, they're walking out shaking Reverend Lovejoy's hand yeah uh, Reverend Lovejoy asked Homer if they're going to attend the retreat and Homer is about to like decline he yeah. doesn't want to go uh-huh. and you see Marge behind him like furiously writing on the sign up sheet uh-huh. and uh, guess what they're going. That's right. And so uh, Homer doesn't want w- doesn't want her to. He even tries to pull the sheet away from Marge, and uh, but there's no there's no use for Mm-mm. it. Uh, so they're gonna go. And we then cut to the interior of the Simpsons household, and they're packing to go. Yeah, and Homer, I guess, has like you know he's lost this fight. Mm-hmm. But he is packing fishing gear, or he has his little hat on. Yep. And uh, I'm talking to Bart, and he's uh, he's saying, or he says, marriage encounter weekend, here I come. And then Bart asks him, he's like, oh, now you want to go? Mm-hmm. And then this is when we find out that their whole, well, 
that um, Homer's excited to go fishing since yeah. it's being held at Catfish Lake. Yeah, they couldn't call it Catfish Lake if it didn't have catfish in it. Yeah. Uh, Marge, of course, uh, hears this and says, we're going on this retreat to give our marriage a tune-up. That's all. No fishing. <clears throat> yeah. And then um, the doorbell rings. Yep. And, Open uh, the door and we get this uh, a very obscure character. Yeah. <laughs> who's not even named. Mm-mm. Just she's supposed to be the babysitter. Is she wearing a beret in this? Yes. I think so, yeah. She is. So, uh, And yeah, she says, um, hi, I, or Marge says, hi, I'm Mrs. Simpson. And the babysitter is going, Simpson, mm-hmm. Simpson. And she has a, uh, a Vietnam-style flashback. Yeah, of- well, Bart says, ah, come back for more. And then she realizes what's happened. Uh-huh. It becomes apparent that she has taken care of Bart in the past. Yep. And when that happened, Bart, Drove the family a, car. A baby wearing diapers yeah. started the engine to the car and, and almost ran around. her over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Grandpa is also there. I assumed when we saw Grandpa that he was the one that was going to be taking care of the kids, but well, guess that what? is not the case. Well, you, you but the ass- lady runs away screaming. Uh huh. So you and so guess correctly. What? Yep. Grandpa gets tasked with babysitting duties. Uh huh. And in the usual grandpa fashion, they leave notes for him, but the kids are tr- going to try to manipulate him anyway. Yeah. This is when we see. He, uh, Bart doesn't want a babysitter. This is when he tells Marge, he's like, I'm almost 10 and a half. Like, you know, you can leave me in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, Bart. But anyway. So at any rate, they ask Grandpa to do that, and he will. He says, I'll, he said, he goes on a little tirade there, but then he says, Well, everyone's against me. I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so then they're putting stuff into the car. Uh, Marge hands Grandpa several, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, or a sheet with several numbers on yeah, it. Yeah, so it's like every possible possible scenario you can imagine. If mm-hmm. Maggie re- runs a fever, call this number. If she s- sticks her finger in a socket, call this number. If she drinks pine cleanser, call this number. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Have we seen her? Now, I don't know. Maybe it's later in the shorts. We're not all the way through the shorts yet. Uh, but have we seen Maggie? We've seen her put her finger in an electric socket. Yeah. Uh, and... I was just wondering if there was if that was a re- direct reference to something that had happened before. We have not seen her drink any pine cleanser. No, uh, in the series so far. I, I I don't think she's run a fever either <laughs> that we know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we've definitely seen her get like electrocuted yes, before for for sure in the shorts. Um, so, anyways, uh, well, they're they're leaving that with Grandpa. Uh, he says, "Just give the list. I can read." Mm-hmm. And so she says, "Goodbye, children. Behave yourselves." Gives them a kiss. And uh, she slips uh, Lisa a, a note that says, "If you know, it says if Grandpa falls in the bathtub, call this number." Yeah. So then off they go. Bart immediately produces a a list of things that she, he, and Lisa can do. He says, uh, "Mom was in such a hurry; she forgot to give you this." It's mm-hmm. a list of things Lisa, Lisa, and I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we and get a good taste of it right away. Yeah, he. Uh, Grandpa's reading the list and he goes, wait, you're allowed to smoke cigars? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And Homer and Marge are now, we cut to them in the interior of the car. They're driving on their way to Catfish Lake. And Homer see- sees a bait shop. Yep. Um, and he's like, uh-oh. He's, uh, he thinks to himself, or he surmises that he needs to stop, but he needs to make up a reason to stop. Uh-huh. And so he tells Marge that he, they need to get some gas. We see the gas gauge. The gas is on full, Yep. <laughs> but he wants to go buy some worms. Yep. Can I just tell you yep. that this part of the episode 
and the part that involves fishing has a lot of grumpy old men energy about it. Oh, does it? Yes. Oh, okay. The bait shop in Grumpy Old Men plays a very prominent role in the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Chuck's Bait Shop. Anyway. Uh-huh. That's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Homer goes in. He sees the old, uh, presumably New England man, based off of a, uh, yeah. sometimes dad is better. Do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember our friend when he used to do the old 1890s store clerk? Do you remember that? What? <laughs> no? Well, it, give me an example. Uh, he'd be like, he'd do some, like a voice like this. He'd be like, oh, yeah, see, you want some candy? You want some penny candy? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what he would say, but it was very funny. Oh, man, I do not remember that. Okay. <laughs> that, was a long, that was a long time ago. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that was like two houses ago. Oh, wow. Um, well, at any rate, Homer goes in, he gets some worms. And by the way, the, uh, the worms, <laughs> the worms on the bag, did you see what it said? No. It said, enjoy some worms today. Ew. On the bag. Okay. So he, uh, he's, he says he's going out to Catfish Lake. He's chatting with a guy. It is and revealed the, by the clerk there that, uh, there is a fish by the name of General Sherman. In Grumpy Old Men, it's Catfish Hunter. Anyway. Catfish Hunter. Catfish Hunter is the big catfish that oh. everybody's trying to catch. Oh. Yeah. So oh, I see. The, okay. the catfish here, the giant catfish is named General Sherman. Uh-huh. We, uh, he, he's the biggest catfish in these parts. They say he weighs upwards of 500 pounds. And then uh, he points to the wall and he's like, this is the only known picture of General Sherman. Uh-huh. And it looks like the Loch Ness Monster. It's a lot. Yeah. The blurry Loch Ness Monster It's like very blurry. Picture. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So he's freakishly big. Mm-hmm. Yep. So at any rate, uh, Homer then uh, takes it upon himself for some reason to announce inside this store that he is going to catch General Sherman. Yep. I can only imagine that the guys that are hanging out in this bait shop are the same. Like they're bar flies, but bait shop flies. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Bar- like they just kind of hang out there. It's it's it's, it's the uh, it's the barber shop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at any rate, um, uh. We then cut back to the Simpson children with Grandpa driving around. Uh, Bart says, after the supermarket, we'll go to the video store, grab a Krusty Burger, and then head for the arcade. Mm-hmm. Lisa notes to Bart as he sits back in the uh, in the back seat with her, uh, Grandpa's a kindly old man who trusts us. Are you sure it's right to take advantage of him? And Bart responds in a... Uh, in a very uh, moral relativist sort of way. Yeah, he goes, in these crazy topsy-turvy times, who's to say what's right or wrong? Yeah. So anyways, uh, he's but my gut's telling me, bleed Gramps dry. Okay, Aww. Martin. Yeah, so <laughs> then we see Homer Homer and Marge have now arrived at the retreat, yep. and yep. the Lovejoys are greeting them. Uh-huh. He walks in, and uh, uh, Ned and Maud are there, of course. Of course. And then... Um, Ned greets him. He says, "Here to give your marriage a little spit shine." And home, or wait, oh, that's Lovejoy. Sorry, here to give your marriage a little spit shine. And uh, oh no, that's that's it is. That's oh gosh, okay. Yeah. Hey, Frankiak, let's put some names in these lines again. <laughs> Saying it again. Hey, so it, 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 I'm trying to man- manifest. The the, the, <laughs> the important thing here is that the Flanders are there, the Lovejoys are there, and it's very clear. And, he Homer is making it very clear that he does not want to be there. Yes, and yeah. he even asks uh, Reverend Lovejoy if they might be able to squeeze in some fishing. We get a good line in response to that. Yeah, he goes, "Oh, I'm afraid not. A marriage can't be reconciled in a few hours, Homer. It takes a 
whole weekend to do that. Uh Uh-huh. May we bait our hooks with honesty. That way, a happy marriage won't be the one that got away. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been waiting on that one? I know, right? (laughs) I know. So anyways... um, they then we see all the couples that have come to the retreat, and yep. it is noted by uh, Reverend Lovejoy here that three couples are best turnout yet. Yeah, so basically not a great turnout. No, um, but we have uh, the other the third couple here is the couple of John and Gloria, mm-hmm. who uh, it becomes immediately clear have, have a broken marriage, and they, they they're not even looking at each right. other. She's smoking a cigarette. He's just kind of sitting there with his arms crossed. He's I sm- have. Oh, go ahead. Oh, she's smoking a cigarette on one of those long little cigarette Yeah, like holders. a breakfast at Tiffany's uh-huh. cigarette holder. Um, so the the wiki pointed out to me, and I noticed it as well as we were watching, that the voice of Gloria is Julie Kavner, uh-huh. who does not really do many other voices aside from the Bouvier women, uh-huh. meaning Marge, Patty, Selma, and Mrs. Bouvier. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Dan Castellula. Um <laughs> He does the voice of John, meaning that this is a married couple that the two of them voice, aside from Homer and Marge, which doesn't happen very often. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. That's there you go. That's nice. Yeah. So, anyways, we, we uh, Reverend Lovejoy asks uh, each of them, you know, what's uh, yeah, what what's brings wrong? you here? Yeah, what's what, what's what brings you here? What's going on in the marriage? And they both speak, and they, they are just saying horrible things. The man mm-hmm. eventually calls her the queen of the harpies. Uh, and uh, Reverend Lovejoy jumps between them uh, verbally and says, you know, you come to the right place. I want you to look into each other's eyes. And then they do. Mm-hmm. And everything, everything solved. has mended. Hey, look at me. <laughs> what? I was looking. Oh, okay. Uh, now what are you looking at? Oh, Is it my wiener? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, moving any, on. <laughs> so at any rate, um, uh, they look in each, other, each other's eyes and uh, what's his name? John? Yes. John and Gloria? Yes. Uh, John says, oh, your eyes. I've forgotten how beautiful they are. Let's never fight again. We were fools to argue. Let's not talk and about that. he whisks Let's her away. Let's not talk at all. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he whisks her away out the door. Reverend Lovejoy... Uh, is very pleased with himself. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, remember my saving your lives and bringing you happiness when we pass the collection plate next week. That's right. Yeah. So then we turn to the Flanders uh-huh. and Lovejoy asks them what brings them there. And then uh, that <laughs> we learn that um, sometimes Maud underlines passages in Ned's Bible um, because she can't find hers. And that is, that is a... <laughs> That is a big deal. Uh-huh. It's very upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were uh, making a case that it is a big deal. No. <laughs> I was just, I'm just reading the episode. I'm just, I'm, I'm Are just, you okay over there? Yeah, I'm just doing the podcast. <laughs> That's all. Uh, so at any rate, um, the, the as you probably expected when you saw the Flanderses here. Uh, it was going to be something pretty it, trivial. Yes. It, it doesn't really matter. And so then we turn to the Simpsons. And uh, Lovejoy says, Homer, why are you here? And Homer responds, because I got drunk and looked down her dress. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, no, 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 no. Uh, Marge is going to tell us all your faults. Uh, why don't you tell us about hers? And he, Homer... Yeah, he really can't come up with anything. Yeah, she says, he says she's perfect. And so he's pressed by Reverend Lovejoy. And he says, well, sometimes it can be annoying... 
and uh, anyways, and, uh, and that's it. Yeah, Homer. That's all. That's yeah. all he's got. And so then they turn to March. <laughs> yes, and she, uh, she says, "Well," and he's so self-centered. That's the core of it here. But then yeah. she elaborates, yeah. and we're not going to go on all that she says. But she says an awful lot of things. Well, and it's all stuff too that we have noticed throughout the series so far. Yeah. Basically like he forgets birthdays, he forgets holidays, he chews with his mouth open, he gambles, he hangs out at a CD bar, blah 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 yep. blah. Um uh, one of them is he blows his nose on the towels and puts them back in the middle. <laughs> all right. This reminds me of Euphoria. Uh-huh. Oh. And how I will never oh. wipe my hands <laughs> on a towel at a party ever again. <laughs> It's pants hand drying for me, baby. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about somebody like wiping their uh, sex fluid on, on hand towels at parties that we go to. That's true. Or parties that we throw too. That's that's a fair thing. Although in fairness, she did wipe it on the towel, but then she threw it into the bathtub. She did. <laughs> on top of that other girl. Anyway, that's, right. um, that's the end of our Euphoria podcast. Back to the Simpsons. So at any rate, we then are back in the grocery store. We are not back in the grocery store. We are in the grocery store with the kids and Grandpa. Bart is smoking a cigar as he reaches into the ice cream yeah, freezer. Yeah, I, I will admit that I totally missed the part about them saying... Or that him putting on the list that Bart can smoke cigars. Uh-huh. Uh, I missed that part, so I was very confused. Oh. <laughs> but uh, it, it all worked itself out. So don't you worry. Oh, that's good. Although I gotta say, if they're going to the grocery store first and they're buying all this ice cream, they might not need to go to. They might not want to go to the arcade and all the other it's fun true. places that they want to go. It's true. So basically, they're like loading up the cart with a bunch of junk food, uh-huh. mostly ice cream. Um, and, and grandpa's questioning them. He's like, did your mom really write this list? And Lisa's like, grandpa, what a question. Like just, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and then Bart asks her what's next. They go to the sprinkles and syrup and then they are. Off they go. Yep. So then we're back at the marriage retreat. Marge is still going. She's still going. We didn't get a shot of the clock. I don't think. At the beginning? Yeah. Now it's 9.30, right? I think that's what it was. Yes, I believe uh, so. But she's still going. Everybody's looking really tired and bedraggled. And suffice to say that it was light out when she started, and it is it dark is out dark. now. We see the clock behind Robert Lovejoy. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, we've missed the luau. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so they're going to go to bed. Yeah. And so we cut to back to the Simpsons house, and they're watching McBain. Yes. And I'm this but McBain was very funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... He's like avenging his par- uh, partner's death. He wants to use a bigger gun. Uh-huh. The guy is like, I don't want to hear it. Blah blah blah. And then he goes, so "That cannon is that cannon of yours is against regulations." He's got like this wild. He's got a huge gun, big caliber gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, in this department, we go buy the book, and he holds up the book, and what happens? McBain shoots it, and he goes, "Buy book." Yep. <laughs> Very funny. So, uh, at any rate, uh, it's time to go to bed. Grandpa says, uh, or so you kids, now you know kids, it's getting pretty late is what Grandpa says. Mm-hmm. And they respond, yeah, you should go to bed, Grandpa. We've had a big day. So, at any rate, um, Lisa reveals here that she's having what she says is an ethical crisis. And mm-hmm. that's what we get out of that. Because mm-hmm. they cut immediately over to the retreat. We see a clock. It's 5 a.m. Yeah, and Homer is pops out of bed. He's yep. like, I'm going to 
he's like out at five, catch General Sherman at 530, clean him at six, eat him at 630, back in bed by seven. Um, yep. And he's like the perfect crime, uh-huh. which we just talked about on the short. Oh, yeah. Last week. Last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we sure Except did. this time it's a catfish not eating cookies. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, anyways, Homer starts to sneak out and he opens the door and Marge wakes up. And she says, you know, you're sneaking out to go fishing. I can't believe your selfishness. You can go fishing anytime, but we are here trying to save our marriage. Yeah, uh, she's she's very upset. You're thinking about fishing even when I'm talking right now, right? And, of course, Homer looks at her and her face is turned into a catfish. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, would this be a good time to be honest? Yeah. Yes, you're right. I am. Uh-huh. So, uh, He's, he says to her, he says, help me, Marge. What do I do to be a good guy? And she tells him. Yeah, she's like, get back in bed. And so he gets back in bed with his little waders on and everything. Mm-hmm. And he tries, he, he attempts, not very well, to go back to sleep. Uh-huh. He tells her, she, he can't sleep. Can he go for a walk? And she says, sure. Yep. So he's going out. He's walking along the lake. And there's a little Huck Finn looking character mm-hmm. out there who walks away and leaves his fishing rod out. Mm-hmm. Homer and, is saying to himself in this moment, got to be a good husband, got to be a good husband. And he notices that the kid left his fishing rod behind and he calls after him. He says, hey, you forgot you were, and he grabs the reel or the, uh-huh. the rod and he's caught something. Yep. So And he gets dragged down to the end of the little pier that they have. Mm-hmm. And um, it turns out it's General Sherman. Yep. So he falls into a boat here and is getting dragged around the lake by this gigantic fish. Also some grumpy old men energy. Carry on. Oh, okay. Um, and then um, anyway, so Marge uh, wakes up and Homer's not there. Mm-mm. And so she looks out the window and sure enough, there he is on the water getting tugged around by yeah. this fish. Yeah, she can see the lake from her window. Yep. Um, we cut back to the house. The kids are, uh, Grandpa's pouring them coffee. Yep, and we get another <laughs> meme here, right? So this, oh. I'm sure you've seen this meme before with Grandpa pour, or Lisa holding the coffee cup out and coffee being poured into Oh uh, yeah, and you cup. put you put things on the coffee cup. You like you put words on the coffee cup and then yeah, the like an example would be like if I made the meme, it would be uh, Lisa on the on the over Lisa would be the word me, uh-huh. and over the coffee would be a uh, religious religion from the 18th century. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like, you know just to give you an idea, that's not very funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, well you uh, make, you make one of them. <laughs> I was going to say podcast listeners, religion, (laughs) Uh, facts about religion that nobody cares about. (laughs) Yes. Especially Sean. So um, at any rate, we are, uh, uh, the Simpsons kids are still taking advantage of grandpa. Are you sure that you, uh, your your mother lets you drink coffee and they say for the last time, yes. Yes. And then Bart is like buzzing. Like we see yes. him just being like, bzz, 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 bzz. we cut very quickly over to Homer who is still getting dragged around mm-hmm. on, uh, on the lake. And then we cut immediately back to mm-hmm. the Simpsons household. Bart is laying on the couch and they are starting to plan a, they're talking about, they're planning a party. Bart has called Millhouse. Yep. He said, big blowout at Casa de Simpson. Yep. Um, the only adult that's going to be there is frail and old. And so then ensues what I can only guess is Millhouse calling other people around town. Uh-huh. The word's getting out. He calls Otto. Uh, so two things here. We got two. Yes. We have two very important things here. Yes. One, First of all. Is that 
Otto uh, is apparently friends with Millhouse, and Otto apparently calls Snake. <laughs> but but before we get there, somebody else drives a bus fr- behind Otto. He's like at the bus depot. Yeah. There's multiple buses. Yeah. And a bus passes by. What does that tell us, Robert? It tells Let's us that- talk about this very important scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh-huh. In that, A, there's more than one bus in Springfield. Uh-huh. And B, more than one person can drive a bus in Springfield. Which would indicate to us that Otto is perhaps the one who is most desired to drive the bus. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe he's not. Like, yeah, that could go either way. Well, what I mean is if he's the one who's always being paid to do it or being asked to do it, then are they choosing him over the other person? Or maybe they're choosing him to drive the kids because they don't value their precious resources. (laughs) God. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway. At any rate. So, Otto is friends with Snakes. He calls Snake in jail. Snake is not named, but, but we ha- we it's... Not, yeah, he's just Jailbird at this point. Yeah, we haven't... We don't know him, but... And this is literally the only time we see him in this episode. He's like, all right, I got some pretty funky friends. I'll this, get out at noon. This is... Uh, this is the first time we've seen him, though. That's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't... I wasn't clear on that. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, this is like a character introduction, but he's not, not named. named. Yeah. And, and he, he won't be named for and a he's, while. I mean, like, but he sounds like Snake. He's, he's got the hairdo and all that kind of yep, stuff. Yep. And he's got his little dimple in his forehead too. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Look at him. Oh yeah. I see. Okay. Um, so at any rate, um, we cut back then to the marriage retreat and they're doing the trust fall. This is something that we did on our senior retreat. Oh, I'm sure you fall. did. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Mrs. Lovejoy, uh, Helen falls back onto Timothy mm-hmm. and then Maud falls back onto Ned. And then and- we see Marge and there's nobody there to catch her because Homer's still out on the lake. Yep. And she says, do I have to do this? And then (laughs) Reverend Lovejoy responds, no, even if he was here, I wouldn't recommend it. And then he says, as a marriage counselor, this is the first instance where I've ever told one partner that they were 100% right. It's all his fault. And I'm willing to put that on a certificate that you can frame. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Ouch. And then we cut back to the Simpsons home and grandpa is in the shower. Yep. He gets, gets out the shower here, mm-hmm. comes and opens the door, and all of a sudden, the place is absolutely overrun. Yeah, so he he opens the door, there's very loud music, and mm-hmm. the party has started. Yep. Um, then we go back to the lake. Yeah, there's lots of cutting back and forth here. Yes. Uh, Homer is still trying to reel in uh, General Sherman, almost said Catfish Hunter, that is not the correct fish, uh-huh. and he... Um, is excited. He's like, catching you will make you me the most famous fisherman there is. Right up there with uh the ball guy on the table cable fishing show. I have, Do you remember watching fishing on cable? Yeah. 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 And I remember even I remember when I was young, there was a uh there was a comedian who in a very much like Ernest goes to camp sort of way, like made a video. It's called, it's called like Dorf. Dorf goes fishing. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, and um, anyway, uh, I, I remember as a little kid watching that and be like, oh, I want to watch that. I'm sure that I would not think it was very funny. Dorf was played by Tim Conway. Oh, really? Yes. What's a Tim Conway? Uh, about uh, 140 pounds. Uh, uh, <laughs> you don't get that yet. Uh, I, I know. I knew it, but oh, I didn't okay. know what okay. the response oh, okay. was. Uh so yeah. anyway, Homer is still trying to catch this fish, 
and he's got he's reeling him in, and then we cut to the the house again. So we're back at the Simpsons house. Everything is run amok. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are all over. It's a huge mess. And Bart comes up to Lisa and says, "What's wrong?" And she says, "Isn't it obvious we degraded ourselves and set back children's rights for the children's rights movement for decades to come?" Bart responds, "You're great at a party, Lisa. Really, really great." Mm-hmm. And uh, at any rate. All these kids are running around in the kitchen. Grandpa is trying to get them to stop, says, put it away. Nelson lights his slipper on fire. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up, Nelson. Uh, um, although and- although I, th- I think really what they're making a reference to is there is a... Uh, there's an old prank of lighting a match and putting it between someone's toes. Oh. And so, like, it doesn't, like, hurt them, hurt them. Right. It just, like, causes them to go, ah! <laughs> okay. So, anyways... um. Anyway, the all of that is just to say that Grandpa cannot stop what's happening in the house no, right now. No, and it's it's gone downhill pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Then we come back to Homer. Homer has reeled in the fish, yes. and it is big. And he says, I love you, but I must kill you. Uh-huh. Um, then we're back at the house, yep. and uh, it looks like everybody's leaving. Yep. Um, Nelson has a tie on and Bart compliments the tie and he goes, thanks. It's your dad's. Yep. And it's the pink tie that Homer wears to work. Yep. And then off, uh, off they go. The kids are out and then we cut to a scene with grandpa. Grandpa is is upset. Yeah. He's, he's crying to himself uh, and pretty heavily crying. Yeah. He's like, I tried to be a good babysitter, but I failed. I'm a feeble, useless, old, worn down. Mm -hmm. And, Bart turns to Lisa and he goes, I have a very strong, unpleasant feeling. I've never had this before. Uh-huh. And Lisa tells him it's remorse. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, and so at any rate, uh, he says, how do I make this go away? And she says, you grab a bucket and brush and you clean harder and faster than you ever have before. Grab a bucket in a mop. <laughs> better hurry, better hurry. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and so anyways, the children exit the scene and uh, grandpa's crying turns into laughing. Ma- maniacal laughter. I have to say, I felt pretty bad for grandpa. And then all of a sudden, and, did not feel bad for grandpa anymore. That's right. Yeah. So then we go back to the lake. Homer is coming into the pier. He's got the fish in the boat. He's singing, I am the champion. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and Marge is waiting for him. Yep. And so he turn, he sees her and he goes, oh, he says, uh, how's the marriage retreat going? Mm-hmm. She says, we came to this retreat because I thought our marriage was in trouble, but I never thought for a minute that it was in this much trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said... Uh, she says, Homer, how can you expect... And he cuts her off, saying... Yeah, do you know what this fish means? This fish represents, <laughs> represents a better life for both of us. This fish makes me a champion and a hero. And she says, to who? To those weirdos in the worm store. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and she responds, all this fish represents is how selfish you are. And Homer says, well, if you feel like that, I'll throw it back. And... He does. Yep, he does. So it. he throws it back and he surprises himself in this moment. He he gets it back in the water and he says, "Wow, I did it! I gave up fame and breakfast for my marriage." Mm-hmm. By the I, way, catfish for breakfast is awesome. I highly recommend fried catfish for breakfast. Uh, you can get it at Cracker Barrel. Did you know that? You can also get it at the place that's over there. Yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> and it's good. Anyways, yeah, a local place. So, anyways, uh. He said, I gave up fame and breakfast for my marriage. I fought it for six hours. She says one word, and I toss it back. Yep. And he turns to her and says, and you're telling me our marriage is in trouble? 
<laughs> and then they give each other a hug yeah. and everything's fine. Yeah. We even get a the fish popping up and giving us a wink. I at, have to say that when Marge is looking down at Homer when he's in the boat and yeah. he's saying, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. I after he threw the the fish into the water, I ten thousand percent thought that thing was gonna float back up because it had been <laughs> oh, out of yeah. the water for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That did not happen. The fish jumps out of the water and winks at the camera. Yeah, that's that's what we get instead. Yeah. So anyways, we cut back to the Simpsons household. The kids are putting uh we get a couple of uh mildly funny jokes here. Uh, Bart sees a stain on the couch cushion and he's gonna he flips it over and there's another stain so he just slides a pillow over it. Yeah. Um they're gluing vases back together. Yep. The dog <laughs> Snowball too is being licked by Santa's little helper as if they're cleaning themselves back up. Yep. And then Marge and Homer come back home. Yep. How's the marriage? Up oh, same as usual. Perfect mundo. And uh Marge says the house looks wonderful. Grandpa, what's your secret? And then he lets him in on it. He goes pretending to cry. And then he and he walks out the door. And he goes, that's right. You heard me pretending to cry. I can turn it on and off like a faucet. Yep. Oh, I'm crying. I'm so sad. Yep. Uh, and then uh, off, off he goes. So long, suckers. And the <laughs> Simpsons are... <laughs> the Simpsons are looking out the door. I'll and we get a weird front-facing whole family here. Uh, as after he leaves out mm -hmm. there. And uh, Lisa says, I'll never trust another old person. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to the final scene, which is back at the bait shop. Mm -hmm. There's a man standing there, and the clerk is talking about General Sherman. They say he's 500 pounds of bottom-dwelling fury. No one knows how old he is, but if you ask me, and most people do, he's 100 years old if he's a day. And the man says, no one ever caught him. And they respond, one fella came close. Went by the name of Homer. Seven feet tall he was, with arms like tree trunks. His eyes were like steel, cold and hard. Had a shock of hair, red like the fires of hell. In short, he was John Henry, a steam driving so. man, I guess. Uh, and then uh, that's it. We close, we cut to credits, yep. and end of episode. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, let's hear what you thought. <laughs> um, I think I liked it better than you did. Uh-huh. Um, ugh. It was that was exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it it was. was a long, long trog through that thing. But yeah. um, I agree with you in that it undid a lot of what last week's episode did in terms of like Homer's character, especially. Yeah. But it, like all, it, almost like the way Homer is portrayed in this episode is more like a season one episode. Yeah. In the sense that he's not redeemable at. This All. is the same Homer we saw in Dead Putting Society. Yeah. This is the same Homer who is just not likable, as you say, not redeemable for any reason. And like, so he, but here's the difference. Here's the difference in that he's not redeemable in this episode, but Marge is calling him out on his shit. Uh -huh. to other people. And yeah. I think that's the difference because okay. nobody, nobody checks Homer in dad putting society. He's just right. being an asshole because he wants what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. But here we have Marge saying he's self-centered. He forgets birthdays. He forgets holidays and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think secular and religious. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I, yeah, I think that grounds it a little bit more. Whereas in dead putting society, it was just him being a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. Yeah. And I think uh, really also what put me off so much about it is that he just does this one thing, throws the fish back, 
And then everything's okay. And she she's like, oh, yeah, like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm here I, to tell you that Marge is a much more forgiving woman than I am because <laughs> that would not have done it for me. But Don't worry, baby, I'll just throw this fish back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I wonder, hmm. I think having Marge there to supplement that is good and they use the Flanderses as a really good like counterpoint for that um because you know the one couple they clearly have very serious problems but they're yeah. they're quote-unquote cured I guess um uh-huh. by Reverend Lovejoy and then the Flanders are there and like writing in a bible is not the same as like forgetting your wife's birthday right like, th- those those two uh um those two problems are not they're not equal yeah one's much more severe than the other mm-hmm. um and so that provides a pretty good contrast for margin homer's relationship and i th- therefore i think like b- by comparison like it seems even more egregious what homer is doing yeah, I guess, I guess so. I, I think really... Just and think- the fact that he's like checking out Maud very blatantly. Now, I get it. He was drunk at the beginning of the episode. But like, that's gross. Well, I, I, I think also what it is, is that we just came off of an episode that I thought was so good. And, you know, the, hu- the biggest part about um, Lisa's substitute for me was that the connections between the family members and how they acknowledge yeah. that their actions affect everybody else. And, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's very, now, I mean, you said it already in terms of the Homer's character development, mm-hmm. right? But like, if this, if this episode had been in the middle of season one, I, would my yeah. feelings have been different about it? I think maybe. Well, I, and I would even wager if this episode had aired before Lisa's substitute, you'd feel differently about it. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Because I don't know that we've really, well, sorry, I'm like trying to think back, but like I don't know that we've really had like a Homer and Lisa moment like we had in in um, Lisa's substitute mm-hmm. in terms that like he's really worried that he is messed up and he goes and tries to fix it. Um, right. And in this episode, he doesn't really try to fix anything. He, he, Marge just forgives him. Yeah. He- he, he doesn't. He doesn't do uh, anything to improve himself, I, I guess, is the frustration. I think also part of my disappointment here was just <laughs> I wanted it to be such a good episode. I wanted it to be an episode that I'd just forgotten about or, you know, for whatever reason, hadn't watched in a long time, like Lisa's Substitute, right? Like, we had not mm-hmm. watched that episode together. Uh, no. And, uh, and I, you know, but I didn't remember this episode, and so I wasn't really sure even, like... Yeah, what I think, it was about. I think it would kind of tumble towards the. I don't think it's the worst episode of the season so far, but I don't think it's the best at all. It is towards it's, the bottom for me. It's okay, not, it, it's it's not the worst. I it's think not like at the bottom. It's not Bart versus Thanksgiving. God, no. <laughs> uh, but but then again, like that's another episode where someone's being an asshole. Yeah, it is. And like, I just don't. That's not my favorite, like formula. I guess for no, I don't think no, no, it's and with good reason. It's it's yeah, and like in this episode too, you can say Homer loves Marge and Marge loves Homer, but that feels very hollow if you take this episode by itself. Yeah, because it's Homer doesn't love Marge in this episode. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite, right? Yeah, Homer loves Homer. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, like you can't really say that like if you're just narrowing in on this one 
episode. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Hey, guys, take a shot every time I say episode. I am excited, though, because even though, for, at least for me, this was a huge letdown after Lisa's substitute, uh, I am excited because next week we get three men in a comic book. Oh, we got Little Martin. Yeah. Uh, and this, uh, we are going to meet Jeff Albertson next week. Yeah, but he's... Not we don't know his name yet. Right? No, we, no, yeah. we won't know his name yeah. for many years. Oh, uh, and guess who? Guess who is a special guest voice next week? Who's that? Cloris Leachman. Oh, really? Oh, speaking, speaking of, of beer fest, that's right. So, hey, y'all. You know, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for <laughs> I don't know trogging through the slough with us here, <laughs> uh, and uh, and all the uh, religion talk and all that sort of thing. Um, and uh, arriving here at the end of the episode, you get a gold star. You get a special shout out next week for making it all the way through. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, if you would like to subscribe, we hope that you will. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and make sure that you leave us a rating, the highest rating, on whatever platform you are listening to this to. Uh, and also, listening to this on, I should say. And also, make sure that you are following us on our social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Escalators Nowhere Pod. And we are also on Twitter at Esk to Nowhere pod you can also join our facebook group which is the escalators nowhere facebook group we would love to have you and more conversation and of course if you'd like to send us an email we would love to hear from you as well go ahead and let us know why you love this episode tell me i'm wrong go ahead i'm serious i want to hear why i'm wrong about this um because I just, I just did not really enjoy it. Uh, but that being said, I would enjoy to hear, hear I would, I would, I would enjoy <laughs> hearing from you. So you can send us an email, escalators to nowhere pod at gmail.com. That's right. Woo! We did it. Everybody breathe. Yeah. All right. Hey, not everything's gold. No. Right? Not everything's gold. And we are more and more uh, watching the series get better and better with more regularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we only have two episodes left in season two. OMG. We are about to transition into season three. Yeah, I am, baby. I'm, are you astonished? I am. I'm astonished. <laughs> we did it. And you know what? We'll have plenty of time to crap on this episode and Dead Putting Society <laughs> and Bart versus Thanksgiving at our end of season review, yeah! which will be in a couple of weeks. So Yeah. So after this, uh, we have Three Men in a Comic Book, and then the episode after that is Blood Feud. Yeah. That's the one I'm pretty sure that has, hello, my name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a package for me. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> so anyways, uh, hey, we're looking forward to getting through the rest of season two and entering into season three. So again, make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'll look forward to being with you every Wednesday morning at 7.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until then, I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I am learning. And we're looking forward to next week with Three Men in a Comic Book. So we'll see you then. Until then. Smell you later. Bye. Did you know that Mel Brooks wrote that show? He did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that until, until recently. I loved that show when I was a kid. That's why I wasn't watching The Simpsons. I was watching Get Smart.